Hey, this is Beth with Beth and Louise Hate Movies Blogspot.com. Come check out the website. This is episode number four, Space Jesus, where the girls tough it out and go see the new Superman movie, Man of Steel. If there's a movie you'd like to see us hate on more, shoot us an email at Beth and Louise Hate Movies at gmail.com. Beth and I decided we were going to review Man of Steel, and this is a movie that we have been avoiding for some time, mostly out of protest of the string of incredibly expensive, mostly CGI blockbusters, particularly superhero movies that have been coming out this uh, this summer, and some of them have been bombing, as I'm sure you've read. So we've been avoiding this one for some time, but then we got a review or a request on the blog to watch this movie and to give our feedback. So, um, yeah, so we're here. What did you think, Beth? (laughs) I have a few things to say about this movie. (laughs) All right, take it away. You start. Okay. I was picking up what this movie was putting down for more of it than I thought I was going to. I, um... Here's the thing. I think that my heart is a lot less frozen and cold and cynical than Louise's is. And I, um, whenever characters in superhero movies start talking about responsibility and duty and sacrifice and I'm, I'm speaking their language. I, I, I get on board with that. That said, when Jonathan Kent shows up to give the life lessons in this movie, Jonathan Kent is a terrible person. Did you did you Wait, think that? Why do you say that? Because his code of ethics is horrific. How it's it, it has nothing to do with sacrifice. It's all about self preservation. So when when the kids are on the school bus and they go off in the creek, um, in in Clark oh, yeah. <laughs> and Clark pushes them out. It's like he, he, he so Jonathan like takes his son out back and said you know. Uh, son, you know, I, I know it's hard, but sometimes you just have to let a school bus full of kids drown to protect yourself. <laughs> You're like, we can't, we can't run the risk of your name getting out. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And then, you know, I'm going to go get sucked up in a tornado just to teach you a lesson. I mean, yeah. was, I didn't, uh, actually, the tornado was one of my biggest complaints of the film. So wait, overall, but let's, let's stay macro for a little bit, and then we can dive into the parts That's of the movie. That's fair. That was just my biggest problem. My biggest problem was that the kinds of superhero ethics that normally ground a movie like this just weren't there. <laughs> um, so you found it to be soulless? And morally, I thought it was ridiculous. I thought it destroyed everything about the Superman character that is appealing. The the regard for human life and the the, the desire to, to to protect humanity and to you know truth, justice in the American way. Like none of that was on display. It was just it it, it was just hours of collateral damage. Is Superman gets into increasingly dramatic fist fights and destroys Metropolis in this orgy of excess that goes on for an hour, maybe? Yeah. Um. All right. Well, here's my overview, and you're going to be really mad. What? 
I actually kind of liked this movie. You are kidding. I actually I actually really liked this movie. You are kidding me. And hear me out on this. Okay, start. Okay. So, first of all, I thought, when I was thinking about other superhero movies that have tried to, tried to maintain this tone, this gritty, dark, post-9-11 superhero movie that we have to all go to now obligatorily every summer, I actually thought it was way more fun and interesting and faster-paced than, for example, Dark Knight Rises. It was better than Dark Knight Rises. So here's what I liked about the but movie. But I hate Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> I don't like Dark Knight Rises either. But here's what I liked about the movie. I thought I thought that one thing they did incredibly well was they got to the conflict between General Zod and Superman very quickly. We didn't get mired down in all of the typical superhero tracks where we have to learn a lot of his backstory and see a lot of images of him as a child. I never wanted to see a baby flying or you know, controlling things with its mind. Like, we didn't get weighted down in all of his backstory. The movie did a really nice job of getting pretty quickly to the conflict at hand, which was General Zod versus Superman for the sake of the universe. And what we needed to know about his life and his relationship with his parents and where he came from and the challenges of being an outsider um, in the United States, we got to see in a couple really well-chosen really efficient flashbacks. And because of that, the movie wasn't boring. I cannot stand, Beth knows this about me, I have, I have a very low tolerance for spectacle. I don't like sitting in three-hour movies where I'm supposed to be entertained by looking at things. And I, but I was never bored during this. I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed what they were doing. <sighs> See, I actually was kind of bored. Really? When were you bored? In the last hour. It just, when General Zod shows up in the giant crater that is Metropolis now and announces, because one, one other thing about this movie is General Zod was astoundingly aware of the morality of his own actions. I mean, how many times do you think he looked at the camera and said, you know, I, everything I do is for the greater good of Krypton, and even if I have to kill tons of people to protect Krypton, I will do it. And then he kills tons of people, and then the next time he kills tons of people, he does it again. <laughs> he tells you again. He gives you this walkthrough of, like, these are the moral choices I have made. I am astoundingly self-aware. But, um, and then so basically he announces that now that I no longer have a moral justification for what I'm going to do, I am acting out of revenge, and it turns into that last scene that ends in um chicago's union station actually i know i i did you recognize it okay. yeah i recognize yeah, it yeah, yeah. In there a but, couple times. but what, when it when it ends and all that it is just when it when it looks like when we are getting to this third knockdown drag out fight like we had the first one in you know brought to you by sears in small in smallville and then we have the second one where Superman, like, by sheer force of will, flies into the machine and destroys it. And then you've got one more in Metropolis. I was just, by the time they were gearing up for the third one of those, I, I, was, I was done. Okay, I will say that. 
The second act of this movie is nearly entirely battle sequences, and that was very tiresome and repetitive and did not need to happen. So I will say of the three main battle sequences at the end, where we see the battle in Smallville, Superman versus giant Terra Force machine, and Superman versus General Zod, by far the most interesting one was the battle in Smallville. Um, I thought that that battle scene did a really nice job of avoiding a lot of the post-born movie mistakes of doing shaky cam where we can't actually see any of the action that's happening. Yeah, you can see everything that was happening. It was it was well lit, which is yeah. why I liked it so much more than Pacific Rim. I could actually see what was happening because all of the p- battles in Pacific Rim happened in the middle of the night. Um, so it's in the middle of the day. There aren't a lot of tall buildings because it's Smallville. It's a small town. And we could see everything that was happening. The, it was well-directed. That was a really engaging, fun thing to watch. I did like that part. I did like that part. So that was good. The part of the giant orgy of buildings crushing at the end I could have skipped was the first fight where Superman where Metropolis is being smashed by the Terra Force. Is that what was happening then? The Terra I think that is what's happening. Because you you and that's oh my gosh, it just had all of those action movie cliches. Like the building falling and the like, you know, that one journalist who's with Martin uh He's with Lauren Fishburne. Fishburne, yeah. And, you know, she keeps, like, stopping and looking at the Daily Planet building falling over. And then she gets stuck in the rubble. And, it's just, you know, that'll teach you to stop and look at buildings falling. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I did not. I was really bothered, actually, by the reliance on September 11th imagery in that last. Yes. That was crude. Oh. Yeah, I, um... Because I couldn't figure out if they were trying to actually say anything with that. I I didn't know what the purpose was except to evoke creepy, uncomfortable feelings. That's what I think it was. Creepy, uncomfortable memories. Yeah, I think it was just that we respond to pictures of people in big New York cityscapes covered in dust and looking shell-shocked. I I think it was to get a cheap rise out of the audience. Yeah, and I I did not appreciate that, especially yeah. with trying to pry the journalist out from under the the rubble of one of the buildings. Did you um, notice that the same car keeps getting picked up and smashed back down? No, I didn't. Getting closer and closer. Oh. It, was, it was like the scene with Lancelot in uh, Monty Python. <laughs> sitting there going oh my gosh this is ridiculous yeah so i i did not enjoy that part of it i think what we could have done is cut one of the sequences yeah that it would have been a lot stronger if we got to see the battle at smallville and then general zod and Superman get one final showdown, and that would have been plenty because Superman been- got to crush tons of buildings while he was fighting General Zod. Yeah. And actually, can we talk briefly about the irony of the fact that Zod's death was controversial in this film? Why do you mean? Okay, so first of all, I'm not saying spoiler warning because this movie's been out for like two months. If, yeah, you, if have, you haven't seen it yet, then you're not. Then don't expect to not have the ending spoiled for you. Sorry. Anyway. So I love that there's all this controversy around the fact that Superman killed Zod. He finally killed someone. Ah, he killed someone at the end of this movie. This goes against his character. 
But no one mentioned the fact that for the previous 30 minutes, he was throwing aliens into buildings and killing millions of people. I think lots of people mentioned that. They did? I read that in a lot of reviews because that was the thing that drove me crazy. Like when you think of like your know, old Superman movies, like Superman gets thrown into a building and it starts to fall down, and then he fixes it really fast and goes back to the battle. Like it just seemed like there was there, there was so much collateral damage happening. And, you know, what I want to know is in that last scene when they're um when he goes to the Daily Planet, where is this office? <laughs> like, Metropolis is gone. Oh, Metropolis, well, most of it apparently has been raised. Uh, they I built mean, it back. It's fine. We saw the Daily Planet building fall over. The skinny girl journalist was underneath it. And it's just, you know, at least we don't have to worry about a sequel. There's no set. Um, yeah, no, actually, we do have to worry very much about no, it. No, I know. It's going to be Superman versus Batman. Um, well, I actually made a list of all of the uh, sequel teasers. All the sequel teasers that are hinted during the Like score. Did you see yeah. that? So, for example, the satellite that uh, Superman spa- smashes at the end is a Wayne Enterprise satellite. You are kidding me. Yep. So that's setting up a co- the conflict between Batman and Superman. Ah, good eye. I didn't see that. Um, I think at that point my brain just wasn't processing the movie anymore, but... Well, and then the lady at the end of this movie who says that Superman is hot, the name on her uniform says Ferris, as in Captain Ferris, as in possibly Carol Ferris, Green Lantern's girlfriend. So we have a tie in there. Uh, Um, We also had LexCore logos, and we saw LexCore headquarters during the Metropolis raising scene. So there are numerous hints to tie-ins for future future yeah the, the next and we know of course that batman versus superman is happening it has been announced and i'll bet lex Luthor's in it and i'll bet i'll bet there's well, we know he is in it oh like we do know that lex going to be in it. it we know that lex Luthor's in the batman versus superman movie yes oh i didn't know that okay cool um uh, we do know that yeah yeah. I also, for the record, though, I am not an ear to the ground sort of person about casting and secrets about upcoming superhero movies because I really don't care. I, yeah, um, I, I listened to, I, I read some of the Comic Con reports that came out about Superman versus Batman, and um, they they read uh, when they were talking about the script, they read a monologue from the end of uh, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. So I think the theory is is that that's kind of the launching point is the um the you know the classic Frank Miller comic, so I'm I'm okay with that maybe, um, yeah <laughs> I don't really have strong feelings one way or another I thought I I, I liked I liked Henry Cavill actually I liked him as Superman um, I did too I really liked him um. He's a he is a fine looking man. <laughs> yeah, so I thought he did a I thought he did a good job. I thought the reimagining of Lois Lane was really nicely done. You did? Um, yeah, I wanted think? to shoot her. Wait, what was your problem with Lois Lane? Just it, she was just the classic bland superheroine sidekick chick. Like I mean. Uh, all I just all of her dialogue just seemed to fall flat. I just she seemed really, she just seemed really formulaic, you know. Like then they're 
in the negative 40 degree scenes in the Arctic, you know, of course she's in her sexy little parka and leggings because the cold apparently doesn't apply to her. And, um, yeah, yeah, just her, her dialogue was just not that it fell flat. The whole, you know, it all goes down after the first kiss when she's kissing Superman in front of her boss and coworkers in a nuclear wasteland. I just, <laughs> I, I cannot think of a situation in which I'd be less likely to kiss a guy. I'm just, it's just no, Lois Lane. Okay, so I will say Lois Lane was victim to the problem of backstory in dialogue um, more than any other character in this movie. Yeah, like, screaming at her boss that she's a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter. Yeah, and that it, there was a, there are a couple other examples like that. So I, I realized that there were weak points with her. Well, and I think that one of the things they fixed about her was she knew Superman's identity the whole time. That's why she was pursuing him. And at the end, when he comes to work at the daily planet, hinting dramatically at a sequel, she's going to be, um, she's in on it. Yeah, she's in on it. So we've solved one of the big gaps of Lois Lane being incredibly unobservant and unintelligent from the original, uh, from the comics and from the cartoons. That's yeah, that, that, that is true. I mean, but it, it just, it, it seemed like Amy Adams just had nothing to work with because I just thought that, you know, Henry Cavill was good. A lot of the imagery was good. A lot of the sets were really good. And just the script and the pacing and the plotting were just ludicrous. Like, why did just, – just riddle me this. Why did Zod want Lois Lane to come on the ship? Mm, because she had to – she, he never even talked to her. No. She was just there. Yes, he wanted her to try one of the cool masks. <laughs> she was just there to meet Russell Crowe and to find the way to destroy the terraformer thing. He never even talked to her. No. Like, <laughs> like, okay, we want the woman on the ship. Okay, you stay there. <laughs> We're going to go talk to Superman now. I mean, I didn't say the movie was flawless. I just said oh, it was my. good. It was a lot better than Dark Knight Rises, and it was a lot better than I expected. I mean, it was more fun than Dark Knight Rises. That's yeah. for darn sure. Like, well, Dark Knight Rises was just plotting and grim and dark, and this was a lot. This was lively. You know, like, people, yeah, I mean... I guess some of the actors cared. I mean, oh my gosh, can we talk about the tornado? I have a confession. What? I went to the bathroom during the scene. What? You didn't see the tornado? I didn't see the tornado, and then I come back down, and I sit next to the guy I went to go see the movie with, who had already seen this, and he goes, yeah, I probably should have told you to stay for that scene, and I go, why? And he goes... Yeah, Jonathan Kent just said, like, don't reveal yourself and got sucked up in a tornado. <laughs> I miss Jonathan Kent getting sucked up in a tornado. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> it's not that awesome. Oh, it's actually <laughs> that there's a magical tornado that only sucks up people who are directly under it. <laughs> it's not people who are 50 feet away. Yeah, no, I miss apparently when you die by tornado, the tornado draws a big black cloud over you, and then you're dead. <laughs> because they couldn't, it was, oh, yeah, it it's was the angel of death. Like, it, so we can't make fun of it together. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yeah, I, uh, yeah, blame it on Pete. Um, but, um. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, So, it, yeah, just other things that 
just drove me bananas. Um, one thing is, uh, Christopher Maloney is apparently the entire U.S. Army. It's yeah. like the <laughs> Air Force, Navy. <laughs> it's like the same five guys at every outpost. Like, now they're in the Arctic. <laughs> now they're in Kansas. Now they're in Metropolis. <laughs> like, the same five guys at every single outpost. Budget cuts, man. It's like, yeah, man, I knew the sequester was hitting people hard, but I didn't know it was this bad. But, um... Yeah, that just drove me bananas, that every single time we see the U.S. Army, it's, like, the black guy and Christopher Maloney and the chick, and um, and that's it, and, and some tanks, <laughs> just, just, just to be careful, you know, you, you can never have too many tanks. Um, I mean, there are just so many cliches that just drive me crazy. Like, why is everybody on Krypton American except for the girl? Because she's Eastern European. Because all female villains are Eastern European. I and liked her. I thought she was a great villain. What? Yeah, you are no fun. I, okay, I am more fun than you. I, I, normally, I normally eat movies like this up. I just... Wanted something a little different, do you know? No, I don't. I actually, I enjoyed this movie. I thought the biggest complaint, my biggest complaint with it was the excessive amount of building raising at the end. But overall, I thought, thought it was the right amount of camp. Michael Shannon was totally hammy and set chewing. I liked that. I, I, was I, fine with, I was totally on board with that. But it still had the gritty appeal of the first two Batman movies. I actually, I really enjoyed this movie. I guess I just, I don't think it was hammy enough to earn its hammy stripes, you know, like to get away with things like the inexplicably Russian bad guy. And, um, there wasn't anyone who was Russian. She just had a different voice. She, she, she had, she clearly had an Eastern European accent and her character wasn't hammy. It was just, it felt hammy. I thought it was hammy. What what about it was? Because if, if anything, she was seemed what is her character's name? Ferreira? Yeah, maybe. She was she was very calm and collected and calculating. She was physically as intimidating and as t- intense as Michael Shannon. That's so no, I I will give them all that. But I mean, it's just like it's things like pausing for the dialogue, you know? Like the um um, it, you know, the, the, the whole, a, a good death is its own reward thing. So Christopher Maloney can parrot it back to her at the end. And well, that, that felt campy. That's, but that's, a, it is campy. It's a superhero but movie. It, but it's, I just feel like it, the tone was not consistent enough. It felt like they, it felt like they were taking it really seriously. And I, it just, it needed to feel a little bit more zany Avengers to get away with that. I totally disagree. I think if you had taken out those few in far between moments of humor and camp, like getting to recite the line, her, her getting to recite the line, uh, a good death is its own reward. And if you didn't have Michael Shannon chewing the scenery where you sort of wanted to giggle every time he was screaming in the camera. Oh, I cracked up every time I saw him. Yeah, but if you had had, that, yeah. Well, I'm just saying that if you hadn't had those moments, the movie would have been no fun. And it was the right amount of balance between some moments of comedy, 
some moments of relief, but for the most part, sticking with the tone that it set out to do, which was a gritty reboot of Superman. I actually, I can't hate this movie. I tried so hard to hate this movie. Oh my gosh, there were just too yeah. many, there were just too many moments that took me out. Um, you know, there, there's that one part where they're all standing around talking about how they're gonna destroy the, um, the terraformer thing, and, you know, they, they look, you know, they're talking to each other, and you know, if we combine the the forms, they'll create a singularity, a black hole. Exactly. It's just so many moments just just took me straight out of the movie that just sounded like dialogue from Amazing Spider-Man. And that's I totally understand why you liked this better than Dark Knight Rises. I mean, I liked it better than Dark Knight Rises. I mean, it is it is more fun. It is better shot. It is good looking. Like there's there's a lot that's fun here, but I just Oh man, it just felt. It, 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 I mean, we, we haven't even talked about the the space Jesus thing. I mean, this this is how Zack Snyder. Oh, we haven't talked about this at all, have we? What? Yeah, we haven't talked about this at all, have we? This is. I just could not get past this. This is how Zack Snyder does symbolism. We have Superman when he's trying to decide whether or not he's going to give himself up for humanity because his father is from above and he has learned that he is his son. And he goes into the church and is vocalizing about how he's going to sacrifice himself for humanity. And Jesus is literally looking over his shoulder <laughs> approvingly <laughs> from a stained glass window to like, just look upon this. And how many times do you think he said he was 33? Just, just in case you missed it, you know, oh, I also loved all the shots of him inexplicably flying with his arms outstretched. Yeah. It's like, that's going to, that's not how Superman <laughs> drag man <laughs> that is not how, how superman flies oh my gosh and just you know i i i actually think that you know i've read the gospel of john a fair number of times and i think that the whole father-son dynamic between ja rule and superman or whatever his name is you know it I, I, it sounds pretty christological you know this, you know, the father from on high talking to his son in this special mission for which he prepared him to go save humans. That that sounds like the Gospel of John to me. No, we're we're not done. Like we have to have Jesus literally in the shot, <laughs> looking over Clark Kent's shoulder, just letting us know that they're kind of similar. I mean, it's just. And then Warner Brothers had the gall to create a church curriculum. If, if I told you this, no. They created a church curriculum to go along with this movie. Like, hey, let's get some of those sweet Passion of the Christ dollars trying to get pastors to preach about how Jesus is like Superman at from the pulpit. Like, preaching Superman. That is beyond creepy. That is horrible. Do you have an article you can link to about yeah, Actually, it was on CNN. I'll, I'll find it. Um, no, because I, I, I do want to post it with this podcast. And when I first read that, I thought that was pretty gross and cynical and creepy and, you know, just really reflects badly on how Hollywood perceives Christians. And then I saw this movie and just saw how over the head it was and how aggressive it was. I mean, it was just, it seemed like it was just snapping at the heels of the evangelicals of the audience trying to get their money. And 
especially when the, the moral universe of this movie, it, just, it doesn't even resemble the original Superman at all. Like, Jonathan Kent seems kind of cowardly and selfish, and in uh, Henry Cal, he's kind of a cipher. I mean, he's warm enough and he's charming enough, but he's kind of a cipher, and I, I just mm, made me mad. <laughs> All right, that's right. I, I found the Space Jesus stuff to be really corny and over the top Gosh. and ham-fisted. Oh. With him being reminded multiple times of that he's 33 and seeing him zoom around like a cross. Hey, did you see? Did you notice he's Jesus? Just Superman. He's he's kind of like Jesus from another world, and he sacrifices himself. Yeah, he's he's Jesus. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't enjoy that, but I mean, it's it is a superhero movie. It's not really trying to be more than its own genre. And there are going to be la- lame moments of researchers explaining too many procedures for the benefit of the audience. There is going to be cheesy dialogue. There is going to be moments of ham-fisted uh, I, symbolism. And that's kind of what you get with the territory. I just want one superhero mo- movie with no scenes in a bat like the war room of the Pentagon and no scientists. That's all I want. Just one superhero movie with no military and no scientists. Because those are always the moments that I just can't take it anymore. It's like, this is not the United States military that I know. These are not any scientists I know. Um, that's, I, I just want one superhero movie. And I got it with Dark Knight. With Dark Knight. That was, yeah, uh, I was going to say, you got that with... Batman. I got that with Batman Begins, too. I don't think there's any military in it. And I don't think... Uh, you've got the psychologist thing with the uh, vaporized... Um, vaporized, like, terror drug. But I actually, I actually kind of like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I just... I, I'm, I'm less fun than you are, I guess. <laughs> um... <laughs> It just, it just gets my goat. All right. Well, I think that's all we have to say about it is. Space Jesus and Superman. So let us know what you thought of Man of Steel. We were a little late to the party, so we're going to assume most of you have already seen it by now. So in the comments, let us know. Yeah, keep us right. Louise, who says, yes, Superman, or yes, Man of Steel, not that bad. Or Beth, who was pretty much hating on it. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter also at BNL Hate Movies. And the blog is Beth and Louise Hate Movies dot blogspot dot com. Alright, thanks. We'll see you all next time. See ya.